Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. The last time for real. Part two, the end. Viking funeral. I like what you did there. Are you, you do you? Yeah, you brought it back old school. Well, you know, I figured uh Last yeah, hurrah. I asked James if Benji could sit this one in. Of course. Just a little last hurrah. When we get to the trouble questions, I'll tap out. James will come back. Of course. Yeah. Will he have a different voice? I don't know. You'll have to tell me. <laughs> I've heard that we sound alike. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't get that. You don't get that? No, I don't think we sound alike. No, I mean me and James. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, cool. I, look at me. Like, how rude of me to Keep invite on. myself into your mm-hmm. uh, menage there. All right. So we're back because the perfectionist was canceled. <laughs> we waited a couple weeks to see if... Uh, you know, we get any sort of exit interview, any uh, maybe idea of what they had planned for the show going forward or anything. Doesn't seem to be the case. I haven't seen anything. Vague Instagram stories. I think Marlene basically said she's still kind of holding on to it. Not even it. She's working on things. Sure. Yeah. Could be her next show. It's, I mean, it sounds like she doesn't want to, for instance, say like who the professor is because maybe through some medium mm-hmm, that will mm-hmm. be communicated in the future in a narrative fashion. I don't know. Hashtag onward. Yeah. Yeah. So we put out the call for questions. We got questions about PLO, about perfectionists. We got even questions about a little girl named trouble. This is it at the uh, end of this podcast. We're both going to murder suicide. So, you know, is that too dark? <laughs> I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't warned. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm kind of worried whenever you mix me a drink now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I want to start off with one small note. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a person out there who keeps retweeting the exact same tweet of ours yes. every single day. You can stop now. You feel free. I don't think Ashley Vincent's going to direct a uh, episode of The Perfectionist, it turns out. We appreciate it, but you don't have to do that anymore. Just for my own OCD of seeing that I have a new notification. At 8.30 mm-hmm. each night, yeah. Yep. The dream is dead. <laughs> Maybe Ashley will direct another freeform show or something. Maybe she'll direct an episode of Carnival Row. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> very sex. If she actually, yes, please. If she actually directed an episode of Perfectionist. <laughs> well, she, she was there on set. I know. She shadow. Was, yeah. 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 But uh, we don't need that retweeted any longer. No, no. Uh, our egos are too big as they are. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you decide, though, when you want your birthday present, like when in the episode. I can assume that it's something PLL related. Well, that would make no sense. Why would I do that during I, a PLL podcast? I mean, I think we, it's fair to say that we're going to leave the trouble stuff for the end. So yeah, people yeah. you know, don't give a shit about our, our book that we slayed the way on there and is, worked hard on. Then you can just you know keep listening anyway. Yeah, there's like a single trouble question that maybe doesn't need spoiler warnings. So oh, Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, stop what you're doing right now and go read the book. Yeah. Yeah, you can check it out at your local library. Yeah. You can kind of browse it too while you listen to us tackle PLO questions as well. All right. Um, well, uh, you're driving on this one. All right. So first question is from a young woman named Stephanie uh, at Barbar SJ on Instagram. What do you think led to the downfall of the perfectionist if you had to narrow it down to a single thing? A single thing? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you know, I'm going to say go ahead and list off 
as many reasons as I, you I, want. Because there's, there's, we can I, talk about that. I now. have the thing that's at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. It's possible that, I mean, the obvious answer is ratings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, just, yeah, that's my answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're going to go beyond that, I think the reason that the show did not capture the imagination was that it was a concept that was a very hard sell from the get-go. And changed. Com- combining two really different things. And it was always, how are they going to do that? And it was like, oh, they didn't do very well. And you could tell it was morphing. Yeah. You could tell that the production was embattled, I think. It never made sense to try to put the perfectionist book storyline, which is like a high school show that's kind of PLL-ish, but very different, Mm -hmm. and try to merge that with PLL characters who are older and like just like combining those two worlds together, it just it didn't make any sense. Also, the trailer, which didn't come out to what like a month before, was like thirty five percent. I think really good mood, mm-hmm. and the rest of it, the other sixty five percent, wasn't an explanation of what the show was. The two mixing concepts never gelled yeah. properly. I think. Yeah, but I mean, I think you kind of have to tell people what your show's about. Mm-hmm. You know, even the trailers for Nancy Drew. If you don't know who Nancy Drew is, they kind of tell you what the show is, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, so Rochelle or Rachel at Confessions of Makeup Junkie on Instagram asked, are you surprised by the cancellation of The Perfectionist? No. I, I mean, I think if it was going to get renewed, it would have gotten renewed within like a couple weeks of the finale. Hmm. And it didn't. And so I, and then I, there's all like, there's all this kind of extracurricular, mm-hmm. you know, uh, happenings of, you know, Fox and Disney merging and the streaming wars are beginning and people moving production. To other, yeah. People yeah. moving production companies and, you know, freeform being owned by Disney, but, uh, the perfectionist is owned, I believe by Warner horizons. And so it's like, it, it always looked like in a very tenuous position because of that. No more executives at Freeform who had been there when Pretty Liars was on the air. It's not exactly clear to me why Freeform exists anymore. I guess it must yeah. turn a profit or something. I don't know. Just like with the way everything's moving to streaming and like Disney Plus and Hulu. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, beyond all that kind of boring industry stuff, um, I can't say I'm super surprised. I guess you would think that like PLL was the crown jewel of Freeform pretty much. And so they would want to give it mm-hmm. an, you know, an extra season at least. Like give it, give it a little bit of leeway. But well, I could have seen like here's six episodes that you will end on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or here you can do a TV a, movie to put wrap a period it up. at the end of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Freeform's whole aesthetic right now to me is like, Hey, we're kind of Hulu. We kind of want to be CW. Like, yeah, our shows are yeah. either on Hulu or CW. I mean, Cloak and Dagger, I could see being. Well, that on. hasn't been officially brought back. I don't know, but either. I could see that being on Hulu for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the characters are going to Hulu on another show. That's, yeah. That's the obvious reasons. All right. Uh, from Andrew at Luke underscore Bywalker on Twitter. Number one. There's multiple questions here. That Ravenswood question he asked on Twitter, which was, why didn't you meticulously cover all the Ravenswood episodes? I think at the time we were not caught up live. We were, when Ravenswood was airing, 
we were still working probably on like season three of the show, like doing the the episodes for it. Mm. We, didn't, we didn't catch up until like the Christmas episode, pretty much. A few before, season, but right about now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were definitely like in a hurry to catch up by the time we got to the Ravenswood stuff. And it just didn't seem important, you know. I feel like my memory, which could be faulty, is that we caught up with PLL live right as Aria was like slut shaming Hannah. Probably right around there, like 508, 509, yeah. something like <laughs> we're that. We're like, yay, we're part of this happening conversation. <laughs> Thanks, Aria. But yeah, I mean, so we would have had to do it like concurrently with like 4B, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because like 413 onward. Um, I think he's also asking just in the interim since then. It just didn't seem relevant or necessary. I don't know. There was, there's not enough meat on the bones there, I guess. Okay. It uh, was it was less of a spinoff of PLL than The Perfectionist was, I think it would be fair to say. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't have the uh, title. Name. Caleb was there, but <laughs> Can you he might as well have been a different character, you know. Prilla Liars colon Ravenswood. Yeah. <laughs> And Hannah, like, she's on a phone call for one episode and, like, showed up at another, and that was it, mm-hmm, pretty mm-hmm. much. And the ghost had the same haircut as Caleb. It would have been so confusing in that podcast. Um, the next question, the perfectionist took a very different approach as PLL, as a PLL spinoff the Ravenswood did. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think it did better, worse, and what things do you think both shows succeeded slash failed at? Uh, why don't you take this one? Um. Man, what did it uh, what did it fail at? Did you watch all of Ravenswood? No, I, I okay. only watched... Because they did like five and then five, right? Mm-hmm. I think I watched to the end of the fifth one. Okay, I, I did watch them all. Um, I yeah. barely remember it. It's like somebody's... The big reveal of the last thing was like somebody's boyfriend was working with the evil little girl, I think. There was an evil little girl. There were like these jars with hair in them that may not be like souls of people. Trapped mm. in those jars of hair. Um, mm. I guess you could say, for the most part, Ravenswood, they kind of w- went and did their own thing. Mm-hmm. They had like this weird lose weight of Caleb there. Mm-hmm. Probably didn't need to be there. Mm. Um, the but, hacker but in other, the supernatural show? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, he, I, he probably still fit in better than, say, Allie and Mona fit in with the the younger characters on The Perfectionist. This, I think uh, he sent an email once in those five episodes like that was the um the gist of his calebness a couple times i think yeah yeah um yeah he he sent there's a couple emails there was a phone call hannah actually showed up in the finale i think mm-hmm. it was the finale but the explanation given in what was it five eleven? That's not actually on air. I presume the whole Firefly thing. Yeah, no, that was like a hastily written like coda. Okay, yeah, okay. So we have to wait to the next uh, PLL spinoff to get the uh, and the professor was actually blah blah blah. It was Tango Professor. Mm-hmm. Um, the next question Marlene had spoken about before about the decision to include PLL. Did we hit all the uh, the facets of the previous question there? I think so. Okay. Um. Marlon talked about including Prilla Liars in the show title as part of an effort to franchise. Do you think this was the right move? And do you think there's any future in this property left? Um, I guess it was the right move if you're going to bother putting Mona and Allie in the show. Hmm. Um, I think broadly, it would have been better to just do The Perfectionist 
mm. like you know adapt the book series as its own thing and not include PLL characters. Mm. Um, I don't know if if I were to continue to try to use the PLL brand, the only way that makes sense to me is some sort of like I don't know PLL the new class mm. type situation where it's just like new characters and you really don't need to bring in you know the, your original four or Mona or Allie or anything like that. Um, or repilot. Or just do like the PLO reunion movie, you know, where it's they're just on vacation solving the mystery or something like that, you know. I think we've been pushing for that one. A while. I mean, what was the uh, Gilmore Girls one? It was like, like four seasons or something like that. I can't remember what they called it. Uh, year in the life. Year in life. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was essentially a season broken into. It was like four, four movies. movies. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think you and I have previously pitched PLO goes to Paris. Or on a cruise or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andrew then asks, is there a storyline from the books aside from the obvious one that you would have liked to see integrated into the show in some way? And if so, which one? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? So I've never read more than like the first few chapters of the PLL book. So the very first PLL book, but you know, obviously we read the perfectionist. Um, I remember just really liking the McKenzie character and it was mostly it started with her as a character and and the feelings that came around her. I don't know if I so much liked the thing of her evil boyfriend and her evil BFF <laughs> and all that stuff. But um, I remember thinking, holy shit, I connected this character so much more in just a few chapters of what Sarah Shepard's doing than I ever did or probably will with like Dylan. Yeah, I just, yeah, I can't say I was a huge fan of Dylan. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think <laughs> the big Parker storyline. I don't know, man. That's, no, I, I, that's an A bomb. That's an A bomb to drop on a show. I don't know. I don't know why you would bother doing the perfectionist if you weren't going to do that plotline personally. Hmm. Like, and it's doable. I mean, look at Mister Robot. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't want to sink your teeth into that. Like, what would interest you about doing a perfectionist show if you were going to throw out the best part of it? Which could be maybe they were maybe that's what her plan was with Ava and Zoe. Maybe. <laughs> or, you know, either Ali or Mona not being real or, or who yeah. knows. Yeah. I think we had that. We were kind of sniffing for that for a few episodes, right? Yeah, I think we, we wanted it, but it just wasn't there. Yeah. Oh, once the fucking bad bishop thing yeah. shit itself out. Yeah. Um, next question. Where are Alex and Mary Drake? On the run? Hmm. Somehow the FBI knows about this. Yeah. Because Dana Booker, before she's fired, like knew this. Yeah. Well, then the question is, Mona, what are you even doing here? Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> what shouldn't you be concerned, Mona? You know, like when something starts getting weird, shouldn't they be the first thing you think of? Yeah. Be like, oh no, it's Alex Drake or her mother yeah. are screwing with me. <laughs> oh no. It's the third A. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's where they are, other than being in my heart and thoughts. Um, last question. Well, not last question from Andrew, but next question from Andrew. Where does Allie flee to next to avoid paying Allie Money? Allie Money. Where oh. does Allie flee to next? Yeah. Um, Real pro Emerson question here. I don't know. Albuquerque? Ooh. Or like Santa Fe, you know? Really? She's going that direction, huh? I don't know. Santa Fe, kind of like just location wise you're kind of stuck there mm-hmm. you know it's like you're kind of like in a 
you're, you're trapped in a corner. Like, I don't think you can really go north in Santa Fe. You have to go back south to get anywhere. I don't know. Okay. She didn't just like keep on going to like Mexico. You'd have to go south to go to Mexico from Santa Fe. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Khadija asks, what do you think um, both PLO spinoffs failed when PLO was so loved? And do you think that Depressions will be the last spinoff attempt? I think we kind of covered this already. Well, I mean, I think will it be the last attempt? I'm going to say no, mm. because ultimately I believe the AT&T Warner Brothers conglomerate is what owns the rights to PLL now. They're doing a Gossip Girl reboot, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they at some point down the line do something with PLL? This is a very popular show. So considering that everything gets remade these days, you know, I'd say it's, it's likely that we haven't seen the end of PLL in some form. But uh, as to why the spin-offs have failed, I mean, I think the main thing is just that the core four actors on PLL were all really engaging and like really nailed their characters. Also the characters were well thought out. Yeah. And they were well drawn, consistently drawn and kind of, I don't know, the, the show respected their points of view mm-hmm. rather than just kind of forcing a plot. Yeah. I mean, considering how much Nolan Hotchkiss was actually a part of the perfectionists, you really could have done a version of that show without even adapting or, you know, using the rights that they had to those books. It's just so weird that you're like, okay, we're going to do the perfectionist, but we're going to dump the part of the perfectionist books that's interesting. We're going to move it to college. We're going to bring in this whole weird surveillance plot line yeah. that's not from anything really. Yeah. And then Mona and Allie are going to be there just kind of hanging out. Yeah. We're going to do an ad featuring Austin Otto. Um, we're going to do a whole weird thing where Mona's in a bathroom talking to a control center and then never follow up on it. Every pilot though, it's, you know, the, the changes from episode one, to episode two, it's always funny to see like, what are the network notes that uh, are actionable, mm-hmm. you know, without people being recast or what have you. Uh, next question. Pie was always a thing on pillow. I was carried a little bit over to the perfectionist. So I was just wondering, do you prefer pie or cake? What do you prefer? Cheesecake. I don't think that is an answer. Cheesecake isn't really cake and it's not pie either. Okay. What about yourself? No, no, no. You got to answer. I like cheesecake. That's, Let me put it this way. Whenever I, it's come down to me for the uh, birthday celebrations for somebody, I get cheesecake for them. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I prefer rainbow chip frosting cake. Is that like a Baskin Robbins thing? No. Like a Betty Crocker thing. Okay. Okay. But you like the occasional pie and beer, right? Only in Seattle. Okay. Uh, from Allie, or at Allie the Con Girl on Twitter, a.k.a. Post-it Notes. She has trouble questions later. But uh, first, back before discovering your podcast, my sister and I used to draw connections between Lost and PLO all the time and decided that Spencer equals Jack, Aria equals Kate, Hannah equals Sawyer, and Emily equals Early. Would you agree or would you assign them to other lost characters? Who was Kate? Arya? Uh, yeah. Um, that sounds... I'm trying to think. You could make the argument that Spencer is more of a Saeed, although Ooh. she is 
I guess Mona would be the Saeed, mm-hmm. you know, or Ali. Like, oh, I like that. I like Mona as Saeed. Yeah. Ali's probably like kind of Ben at times. <laughs> sure, the French lady. No, um, I do think the that core four feels pretty good. Yeah, who's Locke? Who's Locke? Um, I don't know if PLL has a lock. Is it Ezra? <laughs> Ezra Fitz. <laughs> Tovey. <laughs> don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> Why do you find it so hard to believe? <laughs> oh, my God. And Spencer scares the shit of him. And she's like, <laughs> it's never been easy. No, that's locked, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the next question from Ali is, I know we all hate Ezra Fitz, the character, but what do you think of Ian Harding and his betrayal of Ezra? Can I jump in here? Go ahead. Masterful. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the thing about a guy like Ezra. He should be good looking and charming. There should be a part of you that roots for him. If he looked like every other real life schlub version of Ezra that walks the streets, I I don't think it'd make for compelling TV. I think the weirdest thing about the Ezra character is that he's only ever played sympathetically. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's like that one scene with Liam where anyone dares to suggest that like this isn't appropriate, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's. I can't imagine that was a super like gratifying role to play. No. You know, because it was like he was never really allowed to like show like a lecherous side at all, even though that's like clearly what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He also had to play it like completely. uh, like morally, mm-hmm. you know, good, basically. Well, like uh, Jacob and Heather said, though, Ezra was never as sexy as when, like, he was evil. <laughs> or when he was like, get out! <laughs> That's the last carrot. Yeah. <laughs> so from Caitlin, who is at Caitlin Leonard on Twitter, um, I love when you guys compare Lost to PLL, and I finally started watching Lost because of you guys. So my mm. question is, who is more of a drunk slob 6B Ezra or flash forward Jack in this season three finale. Um, sorry, reading Jack. Uh, yeah, for sure. I was like, uh, sorry, spoilers for lost people there. Um, massive spoilers there. Yeah. I don't think I would love to see Ezra with like a tacked on beard driving around to like Nirvana and then like getting up on a, that was just such an aesthetic. Getting up on the bridge. Just blasting like his Nirvana and like Soundgarden or whatever in his open top Jeep. Yeah. Fuck, I love that episode. With his newer cell phone. <laughs> I fucking love that episode. You go up and ask my father. And if he's drunker than I am. Um, yeah, Ezra's never popping pills. Which they really could have gone there if they wanted to. Ezra's you know, because like he's the thing. Well, because he's got his like gunshot wound that he's recovering yeah. from. If, if he's just like doing a lot of Vicodin. Oh, like especially flash forward or five years forward. Ezra's just like constantly on pills. Like he's like incontinent on pills. If you then also went for like, he can't like, he can't like, you know, get it up anymore unless he's like in danger or something. Kind of like a Riley Finn, Buffy season five thing. They could have really. Or he's just like, like pain, like, you know, prostitutes to like stab him or something like that. Well, I was just going to say, like if they had, done that that five years forward with anything other than like we know we only have a year and a half left in the show but also it's like we're going to course correct back into the status quo so hard i mean imagine when like ezra and aria finally get together and like it's they're adults now or she's an, finally an adult she's no longer a minor that he's statutory raping aria, and like as they climax he calls her a favor. but he calls her nicole Ooh. can you imagine the audience reaction to that 
I just wanted to be like, Arya, I need you to stab me. Okay, I'm kind of into that. Mm-hmm. Or if Toby was like that way. Yeah, Toby's too boring to have like a weird sexual hangup. Spencer, I need you to choke me. Uh, those questions come later after after other things. Uh, oh, poor Megan. Uh, Megan, at clicking my heels on Twitter, you're not going to get a good answer here. Would you consider taking on the PLO books on podcast form, Benjamin Light? I don't think so. It's the last episode, Megan. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. We already <laughs> said his last one. No, there's like 16 of them. Um, I read the first four. They were fine, but I I found the perfectionists, especially the good girls, just like, I don't know, more engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like the, the thing that you don't get in the books is that the four liars aren't really friends. Like they don't really hang out much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's kind of like they each have their own shit going on and just meet up occasionally. Is there like a recurring chapter where they all have like packing boxes and they throw like packing peanuts at each other in the books to show that they in could be PLO? friends? Yeah. PLO the books. There is not actually. Oh, bummer. No. And they don't flash back to it like <laughs> seven times over the course of that book series. <laughs> what a shame. But Arya does steal Van Gogh. Apparently, yeah. I didn't get I didn't get to the really crazy stuff. I basically just read like the Mona arc. Somebody let me know. I believe there's something at the end of the book series that's taken straight out of uh, Lois Duncan's I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, yeah. So Melanie, who is at book lover and music fan on Instagram, asked favorite season of PLO? Like overall season? Yeah. It's tough. I mean, definitely two or three. I guess it depends on the mood I am. I mean, two, you, I think you get a lot more like of a satisfying end, mm-hmm. you know, although three, you get some real just crazy, you know, like you get Radley stuff yeah, and yeah. like Mona and Radley, Spencer, mm-hmm. Dark Spencer Saga part one, you know. Which is why I'm going to cheat because PLO kind of worked in half seasons. It's It's second half of season three or first half of season five. For you, it's first half of season five. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if if I if I was gonna pick just the half season, ultimately, I think I'm gonna go like with four A. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> with six B. No, um, I gotta go two B. Just the that like final five or six episodes mm-hmm. leading up to Unmasked was like so good. I mean, just that you could throw in the episode with the uh, like the teen pilot guy, mm-hmm. where like Arya like flies a plane and is like interrogated while doing it. I mean, that that was just like a random. Like not even like finale episode. Like it was just it was so good. The, the dolls and everything. Yeah. Follow me. Up like me. Uh, prediction: The teen pilot scene is going to come back up as one of your answers. Okay. Um. So, question from Nadia. Nadia apologizes because she hasn't seen The Perfectionist because it hasn't aired in the UK yet. We forgive you. <laughs> Which might you know contribute to things like cancellation. Probably didn't ratings. help. Yeah, that they do yeah. streaming. Hasn't finished Trouble yet. But mm. first I question. I don't forgive you. Yeah. Ooh. But I presume this means that she has it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would you say if I said I hadn't finished Trouble yet? I would just kind of get in my feelings and neuroses about like where where someone has stopped. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. like did you just get it and you're in the middle of reading it, or have you had it for a while and you stopped at a certain point? Mm-hmm. And if so, what point is it? Well, Nadia, I think that's an invitation to a DM um, to let him know. All right. So, first question: Is there a scene you could have witnessed being shot? What would it have been? Witness being shot, like being filmed. Yeah. Um, no, I PLL. think she's asking about PLL. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. But I mean, you can apply it to the perfectionist. If there is some sterling scene from that show that you just wish. Well, you you, you go first. Let me think. Oh, fuck. God damn you. 
Um, Are you just not I, planning on answering any of these yourself? Not really. Okay. Um, no, I think this just kind of occurred to me. I don't know if this is what I would answer five minutes ago or five minutes in the future. Uh, Ali and Spencer dancing and Radley. Not a bad selection. Not a bad selection. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the like kind of quasi it's not really an action scene but like the little like physical altercation that happens mm-hmm. in uh i can't really exact episode like we're gonna say like 408 maybe cool. um the uh when the hardy bros are interrogating like dark nigel there oh. and they kind of like throw him against the wall yes. and yeah just i would have loved to just watch them block that out and act that out or even when they're just staring at their big board drinking coffee cups yeah, just that. Like, how many takes did they do of that? Oh, like, I would love if it was just like, Jesus just Christ. Like 99 this, takes. This fucking episode's going over budget because these yeah. two, why do we put just two buffoons in an episode together? <laughs> Tyler Blackburn's like, I've drinking like 20 cups of coffee. And Ari's like, like, that's why my cups are always empty. <laughs> <laughs> Director's just like, we didn't get it. You got to do it again. <laughs> um, like, the next one that came in my head would probably be, I don't know why, this was such a weird one. When Emily's having like a breakdown at Spencer's and the one that Troyan directed and like Spencer's just like listening and like looking at the bottle and thinking about Mary. It seems like such a very specific, like the angles are so chosen. I'd be very curious whenever, like whenever they do one of their references or their homages where they have to hit certain. I just remember another great one. Um, I would love to have witnessed the filming of the scene where Emily is swimming and just goes bonk right into the side (laughs) of the pool. Like how they did that. Was that a like a stunt? Or padding or yeah. thing? Ooh, what about... We did an hour of this. Mm-hmm. What about uh, when Hannah pity dances of Lucas? Uh, was that... I mean, that is one of my favorite episodes, right? You're it's talking the, about S1E14? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just the pity dancing? Yeah, just just like, I like... I want the direction to just be like, no, really make him cry. Just, 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 I just make this little pig like run in his own like sad little shit some more. Hmm. Okay, that's dark. <laughs> oh, what about the or with Lucas? I was thinking about the or, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I don't want to see filmed? is when they have the worms and the Chinese food. Ooh. Not a fan of worms, huh? Not my Chinese food. Okay. I feel like every time we've referenced that scene before, we've instantly been hungry. Probably not this time. No, I just ate a big dinner. There you go. You got a whole thing of enchiladas in your fridge. I'm going to try to pawn them off on you. Who made the enchiladas? Let's say I did. Okay. Um, next question. If we could have seen one flashback that wasn't featured in the show, which of you would like to see? I think we definitely talked in the past about wanting to see Mona's behind the scenes. It would have been fascinating. Like, you know, like the first time Mona sent an A text or something mm-hmm. like that. Um I mean, they they didn't have to do it for Unmasked. That was why Unmasked was so good, is they didn't need to go back and show you it. But mm. it would have been interesting to see like a couple like here's Mona doing this, here's Mona doing that type things, you know, like planting messages and lockers or mm-hmm. um, like Mona buying like fifty box of like Apple Jacks or whatever, and like <laughs> all the whiskey. Yeah, the whiskey. Um, yeah, like uh, uh, the Emma's for Mystery episode where it's just Mona's, the, the story so far, but from Mona's perspective. Mm-hmm. I would have loved that, yeah. Um, 
Next question. If the perfections had been renewed, would you have preferred to seen Alex or Spencer return? What I like about this, Nani, is that you don't know that Alex hasn't shown up, except for the fact that we have said many times that she didn't. Because <laughs> you haven't seen the show. I, know, I assume she's like gone or read the synopses or something. I, that's all she can get in the UK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe they do have internet over there. Not 100% oh, on that. Do they? Uh, I, then how do you explain uh, Bor- Boris Johnson? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same way you explain Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> Putin. Yeah. What was, what was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> would you prefer to see Alex or oh, Spencer? I, I would have preferred to think we were seeing Spencer for most of the episode and then discover it was Alex. Okay. Uh, I'll say that, but coupled with Troy and Belisario behind the scenes. And I think she was theoretically going to direct. Yeah. Her and Ashley Benson are both going to direct episodes Amazing. of uh, season two. Amazing. Yeah. Um. She's doing, doing like she's doing good, good trouble. trouble right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why can't she do bad trouble? Um, or just trouble. Let me ask you a question. Where's Keegan Allen? I don't. Do we we follow him on the Bros account, right? I haven't seen anything in there in a while. You haven't? I don't know. I don't. I'll be honest. I don't really check the Bros Instagram. I kind of leave that to you. I don't either anymore. But I feel like whenever I do check in on it, I don't see Keegan like I used to. I don't know, man. Well, where's has anyone checked on Keegan lately? Where's Brett Deer? Is mm-hmm. Keegan not that far away? Um, next question from Nadia. One scene that you wish was in the final episode of the perfectionist or of PLL either. I mean, I guess for the perfectionist, let's just go ahead and say that they wrapped up the mystery because they canceled it. You know? <laughs> um, for PLL, I think we both would have liked a better, a better mechanism for the liars to figure out that it's a twin than like well, for the liars a horse to yeah. just figured out that it was. <laughs> yeah. Then like Toby and a horse and Jenna. Yeah. It, <laughs> That's not your friend, bitch. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. Disappointing that it, it was like, these are her best friends. They should be the ones to figure out that she's not Spencer. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <sighs> and then maybe, they could continue on as uh, their own show together as the Gemini man. Um, next question. Do you think, I feel like Nadia has been waiting years to get an answer to this. Do you think CC slash Charlotte had anything to do with Spencer not getting into UPenn? Well, theoretically she at least helped CC got her application to whoever she needed to get it to. Cause she, you know, like Spencer got the email saying like, you know, it'd been, they received the the application which i mean i guess charlotte could have sent that fake email too but then why would she get a fake rejection mm-hmm. later you know i don't know i'm gonna assume that cc at least helped somewhat um it's possible she just got rejected on her own i don't know i guess it's i could see it either way that spencer wasn't quite up to snuff mm-hmm. or that cc had something to do with it too mm-hmm I mean, uh, Nadia, like everyone asked, do we think there'll be a spinoff or a continuation? Uh, Sarah, at Vandermeeren on Twitter, uh, asks, what legacy will PL leave in the culture from years years from now, if any? I think Ezra Fitz is going to become synonymous, at least among a certain demographic of the uh, the pedo teacher, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the teacher who's trying to sleep with the student. Like he, that was like Ezra Fitz will just be like a an instant reference. 
I kind of wonder what the temperature of Ezria people is now. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I suppose it's one thing that people can like, I don't know, compartmentalize or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, beyond that, you think like when they're sitting down with, uh, Emma Watson's best friend, they're like, that's who I am. You know, I can't complain about it cause it brought me to where I am. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just listening to a podcast where they were talking about that Dickinson show. That's mm. not out yet, but I'm into it. They're like the podcast hosts were like, Oh yeah, it's kind of got a little like dark teen thing. Like, euphoria or riverdale and i just like wanted to like throw something through a window um just because it's it's like neither of those shows can even hold a candle to like peel on this prime yeah i mean i wish you hadn't said that because i was looking forward to that show i guess they just had the premiere the world premiere did they like okay. a couple of, not like the visit but like people go to the premiere mm-hmm. a couple of days ago i mean um, i don't know i i wish more i wish the broader culture well i don't know that man that's wrong way putting it it seems like PLL is very popular among certain demographics and like very like embedded, but that that demograph is not widely represented in kind of like the TV bloggerati, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like your, your various critics, like the Seppin walls or your ringer people or you know, the like people who talk about success, Emily Nussbaum. Yeah. All the people who are going on about secession constantly, like, that PLL never really like cracked the surface with them, but it could have, but it should have, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, I think that was one of the unfortunate things about the perfectionist as well is that at the start of it, you know, that was one thing about, like I said, about the initial trailer, it had a really good look and that could have been part of the thing that helped, you know, shake that image a little bit it's a little more adult it's a little sexier it's a little more artistically shot and i think budget kind of got in the way of continuing that yeah i'm sure that's part of it but uh, i mean i i I think it's probably going to be one of those things where it's kind of like sub rosa for a while mm-hmm. and maybe you know in another five or ten years it'll be like oh everybody gets these pll references and they have like a huge kind of you know nostalgia and like placing their heart for the show even though it was never really acknowledged in the mainstream very often hmm. or you know mainstream like tv critics do you need to pause to refill your pumpkin ale i might yeah it's bad but i, I just have to keep drinking it you know absolutely so i don't notice do. the taste absolutely you do all right we'll be back in just a bit yeah just one last thing on the last question i guess it's weird to me to hear critics now talk about riverdale like it's some sort of like new or kind of interesting development and like teen genre stuff. I don't know. It's like, it's like, imagine you've just been drinking over the counter cough syrup and it's like, Hey, try heroin. You know, like to me, like that's what PLL is to like stuff like Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Combining cough syrup and heroin. I think heroin's doing the heavy lifting there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but part of it is Riverdale's utter trash writing, but you know, when that show started, it had this this look. What, too. Riverdale? Yeah, Riverdale. What did I say? I mean, yeah, aesthetically, it's fine. You know, I mean, it's probably um, the only thing it has going for it. Whereas PLL had a very specific look, and it was part of its heightened, <laughs> odd reality. Um, I just wish there had been a little bit more of the budget there to let your, your filmmakers play, um, which would have maybe brought a little more notice to some of the, the creative things there. But also, I think... 
I mean, I'm sure that they can cite their data about why it worked, but I think steering so hard into the shipper thing and giving away all their power really ruined them. And Riverdale did that too. I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. I mean, fucking Varchi and Bughead are basically married. And I think it's one of those things where it's kind of like a a short-term gain, long-term loss type thing. Yeah. You know, where it's like, this is going to hurt you long-term. Oh, yeah. You know. And and shackle you. Yeah. Fucking shackle you. Um, And it's like, yeah, that short-term praise, it's not worth it. It's not... Like you show if your show fails, like better to be the show that failed because you did it your fucking way. You know, you tried something. I mean, it's easy to say that that when it's not your job, literally. But apply that to any show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Next question from Sarah. In an ideal world, what should people think of the show in the future? Of PLL or perfectionist? (laughs) What should they think of the perfectionist in the future? (laughs) I don't think they're going to think about it much at all. What about PLL? Um. I think they should just think what a fucking bonkers, great, crazy show that shouldn't have been as good as it was. Mm. And it, you know, for, for a good long while it, it maintained a high level and then to some extent it drove off a cliff, but in a, in a PLL way, you know, and not just ripped off by Riverdale, like the scream show ripped them off. I mean, that's, that's one mark of success is when, you know, you have shows ripping you off. Shows are mm-hmm. still ripping off lost. Uh, next question is from Cassie on Tumblr, who's obsessed with Harry Styles. She asked, "Are we going to be doing headcanon still?" As a matter of fact, we are. There you go. We have been. Um, I don't know. Do we want to talk about that now or later? I think we're going to modify the format of headcanon a little bit to try to, I don't know, keep it more interesting for us and for our viewers or listeners, whatever. Um. But in general, yeah, we'll still be doing headcan. There you go. The we might not just talk about movies. Let's put it that way. Mm. Mm. Uh, question from Kesheri. Yeah, asking what many have asked. So I'm going to modify her question slightly. She said other shows worthy of podcasting about, and I believe that's how she worded it. Everyone else has asked, obviously, some variation of would you podcast about another show? So I'm going to pose to you the question. Regardless of you having to commit to it, what other shows are worthy of podcasting about? I guess, you know, define worthy, like uh, intellectually fulfilling as opposed to uh, uh, guaranteed guaranteed to get you listeners, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I I think Lost and Veronica Mars are the two ones that always come up. Mm -hmm. Um, Person of Interest, we almost did a Person of Interest podcast. I'd say that would be another one. That one's probably like more fertile ground, I would say. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there are some person of interest podcasts, few, yeah. but like probably not many considering like, I, th- I think that shows somewhat of a rich text, you mm-hmm. know, especially mm-hmm. in the later seasons. Um, yeah. Those would be the three that come to mind. Lost Veronica Mars, person of interest, Buffy, but there's like a million Buffy podcasts. Mm-hmm. So like probably more so than lost, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good answer. Um, Questions from Corey. I mean, I don't know. Are there any like newer shows like that we would have wanted to jump on? I think shows that we like that aren't always popular in the zeitgeist. Um, I think a Mr. Robot show would be or podcast would be exhausting. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Did you watch Nancy Drew? Uh, I watched about half of the pilot. Okay. 
Yeah. I, uh, but you hated it. I wouldn't say I hated it so much as I just found it bad. You said the other night, I'm not going to watch this again with you because I hated it. Did I say that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're like, I'll give you five minutes because I hated it. I don't know if I said it quite like that. Yeah. I just, I just didn't think it was good. I, I watched it thinking, oh, I, you know, like I, the trailer didn't look great, but I should check this out. And mm-hmm. then I watched it and I was just like, uh, huh. I, I compared it to you to the term shuffleware, which is like more of like a PC or like console gaming term mm-hmm. for software that is, you know, literally like, it's like, you're just shoveling the junk that you have into a new medium. Like that is what. Nancy Drew felt like it's just like here's some fucking content we don't really care how good it is we got the rights to Nancy Drew we're gonna just make a cheap ass Nancy Drew show here you go so I'm gonna I'm gonna make a statement based on the two scenes that we watched and then I'll have you repeat I like how you broke it down so in like scene two like present the first like real present day you know table has set scene we find that uh, at least on the surface level this Nancy Drew fucks but but you don't like the way it's shot. It's like she's fully clothed, and like it, you see, like a headboard, and like you some hear like some squeaking, and some moans, yeah. And then they're done, and like they're both fully clothed. Yeah, he's not even zipping up. It's it's just this weird thing where the show wants to be like, oh, we're fucking edgy Nancy Drew. She's she's just like fucking some dude on the side. It's an FWB situation, but. This is also like, you know, rated PG or something. So we're not going to show it. Like, it was just like a weird, like, not that I need like a hardcore Nancy Drew show, but like, why are you trying to suggest it? You know, like, just, like here's the thing. Full penetration. Yeah. And we're going to show it. No. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like it, it wants to be more mature than it's willing to commit to, I guess, which is odd. You know, they were TV dry humping. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, thanks. I need to go change my clothes. Um, okay. Questions from Corey. Um, I didn't see a Twitter handle. Uh, which was better, Ravenswood or The Perfectionist? Hmm. Hmm. Well, you've only seen five episodes of Ravenswood. Do you have any uh, feeling on that yourself? Or what you did see? I think The Perfectionist was better. I would probably say so, too. Yeah. What's funny is that like the dad from Ravenswood became Mac on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a very different role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It took me a long time to recognize him. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that the inscrutable uncle oh, yeah. come back, the vampire uncle. I did like that, like a little corner yeah. of Ravenswood. Like they, they had something there that just, I don't know. It needed like more time to cook. I remember that there was a sequence in the pilot for Ravenswood where Caleb is going to take like a spooky bath. And I remember thinking, what the fuck are we doing here? I do think you could level somewhat of a similar charge to Ravenswood as a perfectionist of like, what exactly is the show? Yeah. Like with PLL, you watch that pilot and it's just like, oh shit, I'm all in. Like mm-hmm. there's like this girl, she went missing. They're getting messages from her. But, oh no, she's actually dead. Who's sending the messages? Well, in episode two, Mystery. You know? Episode two does the thing it's supposed to where it heightens it. Yeah. And episode two with Perfectionist was like, bear with us. Like there was just such a, out. such a hook with PLL. Yeah. Whereas in the Ravenswood too, it's like, okay, this girl died, but like, she's a ghost. Maybe even Ravenswood though. I will admit the ending of that pilot was a bold choice where they kill off the one girl. But yeah. they, like the, what, I don't think you even find that out at the, end. I think the pilot ends with them, the car just going off the bridge. Right? Maybe I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but it, it too lacked that, really strong hook of like, I have to keep watching. It was like, it was too mysterious. Mm -hmm. You know, it was too vague 
And I don't know with both the shows, it's like, it's like there was maybe too much confidence on the part of the writer's room to be like, we don't need to flesh this out too much. Now people will keep watching. We can get to it later. You know? And there were bits in Ravenswood that I feel like if done right, would have like even ambiguous as they were would have hooked me. And they didn't like, when they find like fucking like weird old timey doppelgangers of themselves, mm-hmm. shit like that should have been like, ooh, but it was like, huh? Yeah. I mean, on the PLO perfectionist side, I mean, the pilot had a decent hook at the end. You know, it's like, okay, this character's dead in like this kind of ABC murders type situation. You know, maybe one of them did it. And then the really weird twist with Mona and like the sci fi control room. And then it just like never paid that off in any yeah. way. Yeah, I kind of think sometimes, like maybe Allison should have gone the Ravenswood and Mona should have gone the Perfectionist. I just don't. Mona's a really hard character to center mm-hmm. a show on. Like, I don't think there should ever be a show about just Mona or that, like, from Mona's point of view, because mm-hmm. it's almost ruins the magic. You know, we talked about it'd be fun to see flashbacks of Mona like doing her shit, but like. I don't think you can make her the central character in something long term mm-hmm. because you're you either kind of nerf her, you know, to use a camera term, you know, like it's she's not as crazy adrenalized hyper reality as she should be, um, or she's just like a cipher, you know. Well, the apt analogy, you Saeed her. Mm-hmm. It's like she's gonna get on a helicopter. She's got we'll to keep see, getting rid of her. Yeah, well, yeah, she's gonna get a helicopter. We'll see her in six episodes. She's gonna go walk around the island. She's gonna walk around the island in a tone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's but, better but, if she remains somewhat mysterious. And then the payoff is when Mona walks back in and is like, but still I did not believe. So, <laughs> so I, I dug, dug up, up that body. grave. <laughs> <laughs> Which would work in a PLO show. Um, this next question from Corey. This might be one of my favorite questions. Which five characters from either show do you think are the best in bed or which three couples from any of the shows is probably the hottest together if you were to be a fly on the wall in their sex life? Well, Arian Ezra. Now, um, okay, let's unpack that. What was the first part of that question? Which five characters from either show do you think are the best in bed? Just individual characters, best in bed. Mm-hmm. Did anyone from The Perfectionist really seem like they would be like uh, amazing? I don't know. Um, I, I guess Nolan. Probably Nolan. Yeah. yeah, I mean that guy had a lot of jam. Um, I don't know. Did have a lot of jam. I, you would think that like Dylan would be good and bad, but I feel like Dylan is selfish. Like he is in all other aspects of mm-hmm. his life. I don't know. Maybe Andrew's just like incredible. God, I mean, he almost has to be to put up with him. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I think the biggest problem there is that none of the new characters on the Perfectionist really made any sort of impact at all. I mean, I feel, maybe Taylor. I feel yeah, he's crazy. That's that's one thing Ravenswood didn't have. Yeah. To reference the previous question. Well, also, I think they were implying, and this is a big strike against perfectionists, that Mason was really good in bed. That guy? Exactly. Um, which, I mean, I get if Tango Professor is good in bed. I mean, that should go with his whole affect, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, on the PLL side. No, that's The number one is easy. Oh. It's Spencer Hastings. I guess I so. bet she has sex so good she catches on fire. Okay. I don't know. It's weird because they're high school students, you know. <laughs> I'm talking about five years well, forward yeah. adult. The Spencer who fucking ruined the ambassador's son. Ashley Marin. <laughs> like she lady married him. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, Ashley Marin for sure, but not Jason. Not I don't, I don't know. I mean, him and Arya eventually hooked up. I mean, like I don't know. I feel like I feel like, like I could tell you people who were worse than bad in PLL. What about Toby? Doesn't he kind of have to be? I'm considering. Mm-hmm. Caleb. Toby's just like. I'm a con- I'm a contractor. I just get in there and jackhammer. <laughs> I, I feel like Toby could do a whole could do like a whole like flirtatious evening over drinks just using bad construction euphemisms. Like a lot of like laying pipe, nailing, screwdriving, cocking, pube stash, pube stash. Um, I had a, when you went to go refill your beer, I just, for some reason I was looking at your window here and I was just flashing back to, we did a whole evening with like your windows open a couple apartments ago where we were contemplating the fact that Toby shits in a bag mm-hmm. and throws, throws it out the, the window. window. <laughs> I just remember having that podcast and yelling those things through your open window. What about like Meredith? But she yeah, yeah. What was the other half of the question? Like, what three couples are? Yeah, what the three couples have the hottest sex life? Hmm. I mean, Spaleb, Alex, Drake, and Toby. Ooh, really? Sure. Why not? No, like, I mean, uh, Spaleb. Like a little violation, huh? Spaleb for sure. Yes. You know, yes. I mean, that was Spaleb was the only one there. I feel like they really leaned into like I can feel the kind lust. of uh, the lust gives you power, mm-hmm. you stronger, like. The other relationships were very like Vanessa Carlton White Houses, you know, like this is a special not, moment. Vanessa Carlton Harmonium. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just it never in like the relationships, even when they were having sex on PLL, were usually not like just like about the physical, you know. Again, very apt because Vanessa Carlton is Aria, Stephen Jenkins is Ezra. <laughs> yeah. You know they have a new album that just came out? They do. I can't believe they're still making albums. I can't believe we know that there's a new <laughs> I can't believe that information gets out. Meanwhile, Vanessa Carlton's released three albums. Where, where's that notice? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, like, adult Ezra? I mean, when they're <sighs> both adults, not the bulk of the show where she was under 18. No. No, I just there was some, I never there was some got, booty shorts. I never got any heat. They from wanted them. you to feel the heat though. I never they wanted you it. to see like curvature of ass. No. Yeah. What about uh Bat I mean, Wings Aria? Bat Wings Aria. <laughs> I'm trying to think with Emily. I like who was her like hottest relationship? Um Sarah Harvey. Maybe. No. I mean, did they ever like, like uh, did they two- ever hook up or did they just make out? They definitely made out, but I mean sharing a bed they're making yeah. it out they're like caged feral animals or like i don't know it's like ambiguous with emily like how like what about the one who's like married sabrina yeah there was like the married chick who like it kind of seemed like that was all about the husband wanting to like swing a threesome um maybe or just be cucked like it was it was always a little ambiguous like how far emily went with uh some of those relationships if i'm am i mistaken did emily lose her virginia spencer's bed Yes. Okay. To Maya. Maya. That's what Maya. Yeah. Knew. Um. All right. Well, now that uh, we, as you know, middle-aged men, have talked about uh, you know which of these teenage female characters is best in bed, let's move on to the next question. The next question is a round of uh, fuck Mary kills. Mm, good. 
this is real this is real cage match um there's a couple of these so first the first round fuck Mary kill mm-hmm. aria spencer ava uh, sorry ava you know <laughs> okay now make make the hard decision here Hmm, that is tough. <laughs> I, mean, I guess you're ultimately deciding like who you think you'd like, I don't know, be a better partner long term with, really. The thing about marriage is they don't last forever. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh I guess Mary Aria. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. I don't know if I could hang with Spencer. That's true. I feel like it, it'd be like a gone girl thing where she'd just be like, you can't keep up with me. No, you can't say it's a gone girl thing and not have me drawn to that flame like a moth. Mm-hmm. God damn. Uh, next round. Ezra Byron, Tango Professor. You know, all these with the perfectionists. I'm sorry, perfectionists, but like, uh, can we can we sub in Tango Professor for, I don't know, like Caleb or something? You want like a I Caleb, guess I Caleb guess we need, I guess the the theme here is like the older. I, I why don't you throw in like a Peter Hastings or does that like does that skew the? Uh, I don't think Peter Hastings is on this any of these selections. I'm okay, so Ezra Peter Hastings uh, Byron. Fuck Mary Carol. Wow. Can I can I break the rules and fucking marry the same person? <laughs> I mean, on that choice, you want to go home with uh, Peter Hastings. I mean, I don't know. I guess the question there is, who do you kill? Like, do you kill Ezra or Byron? Oof, that's a good point. Yeah. God. (laughs) I keep thinking Byron is like Ezra 15 years in the future or maybe Mm -hmm. slightly less successful Ezra. Like, who's worse? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. I mean, Uh, I guess legally speaking, Ezra is probably worse, but. Yeah, Byron is pretty sleazy. Yeah, because Meredith was of age at least. Yeah, but that's still you know it's a position of power. Oh, for sure. I mean, that was all the real. I mean, there, there's two issues with Ezra. It, the age thing is one of them, but the, also the position the, of power, the position yeah. of power yeah. is the, the, the abuse problem power. too. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think she she he. I'm sorry, Corey. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, has all of these mixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, Caitlin, Hannah, Zoe. Oh. Caitlin, huh? I'm, it took me like five seconds to remember that Caitlin was a character. <laughs> Sorry, Caitlin. I mean, Hannah and Zoe, I, I think I'm on the record in the past saying that like Hannah is like girlfriend goals. Like she just seems like incredibly supportive and like, like really too supportive, you know, mm-hmm. like you probably don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd probably go marry Hannah. Fuck Zoe, kill Caitlin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next one. Oh, this one's this one's tough. Lucas Dillon or Nolan Hotchkiss? <laughs> Dillon, man, kill Dillon, right? Well, I don't know. I kind of want to kill Lucas too. Can I kill them both? If I kill both of them, can I oh, fucking marry Nolan? Hotchkiss? Do you really want to marry Nolan Hotchkiss though? I mean, look at my other options. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. That is rough. I mean, I guess. Well, here, here, Lucas is rich, right? Supposedly. He may have lost all his money, like plowing it into Hannah's failed Let's just fashion call it business. Canon that he, uh, he Nolan is rich too, though. Can find bathrooms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He uh, he pivoted like uh, Jack Dorsey did what, with Twitter. What can Dylan offer you? Uh, he can play the violin or the the cello. Mm, cello boy. I mean, it's better than nothing, you know. <laughs> What's that, Dylan? Is that bedroom talk? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean you imagine... know Dylan's going to cheat on you. Oh, for sure. You're not marrying Dylan. That's 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 number one. I mean, unless imagine, you want an easy out, you know. No, you imagine, you, you got to marry the money there. Imagine you fuck Nolan Hodgkiss though, mm-hmm. and then he says to you, "It was just about the sex." Now I'm bored of you. I mean, honestly, I mm, this is tough because I feel like I would definitely catch VD from Nolan. Yeah, um, you're not going to catch it from Lucas. No, you're probably not going to catch from Dylan. I, I I think I you might have to actually kill Nolan Hodgkiss there. Wow. Fuck Dylan, marry Lucas, because Lucas is going to have money, you know, and then you just murder him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last one. Mona Allison Taylor Hotchkiss. Mona Allison Taylor Hotchkiss. Ooh, that's a tough one. Hmm. Well, I get which Allison, you know, Allison when she had a personality or posts. Let me tell season you. Five Allison. I'm sorry, I'd kill Allison. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if, we're, if we're going like, you know, perfectionist era for sure. Yeah. And then I'm really torn on my other options. Uh, which, which the, the put press is good luck on this one, Marco. Yeah. Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> she would rather married Mona or Taylor. I don't think I keep up Mona. I, I'm going to go with Mary Mona just cause like Taylor, I'm not sure how crazy she is. It might be too crazy. You know, you don't know what you're getting into there. She she killed a dude and then just like went to the spa, or maybe killed a dude, whatever you know, shot a dude. Mona also killed a person. <laughs> yeah. She felt bad about it. <laughs> a couple years later, um, I, I I guess I feel like I ultimately would trust Mona more more just because I feel like I would know her a little more. The one thing we just we didn't really know a lot about Taylor. The one thing I take from Mona's characterization, the perfectionist, that I, I think is right. And I, I felt like I didn't understand the way they characterized her at times in that show. But there is still like this perpetuating insecurity inside Mona. You know, and when she's able to push that down, she has the powers of a god. I mean, that was what made her so compelling and endearing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, in season three. Yeah, but I mean... I. You kind of feel like as well. I was gonna say as season seven progressed, you know, she got past it, which not totally, but just I don't know the fucking the fucking Mason thing, and just I guess it's not. I hate Mason, but it's not like totally insane that like Mona would would be undone by this vulnerability and wanting to be accepted for who she is and loved. I just feel like for that to happen, Mona would have to not be taller than the guy. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, what was something you liked about the new characters in the Perfectionist, character by character, or a scene of theirs that you liked? Oh, I definitely remember all the scenes in the Perfectionist. Um, what I mean, character by character. So Ava would be the easiest, right? I think we generally liked Ava, and we liked her most when she was a little crazy. Yeah, I mean, I grew, I grew to like Ava. Oh, so once that day that I read the Perfectionist was canceled. I went through my folder of like old screenshots and things mm-hmm. from episodes. And I just happened to land on the one where she was drawing a picture of herself as a yeah. child. <laughs> I mean, there was like a brief moment where like Caitlin, when they're going to like set up the sting on Mason and she's like planting cameras and like willing to knock a dude out. Like, mm. I think that might've been Pete Caitlin. She got saddled with 
like the worst storylines. Yeah. They they like first they hit her with like uh her kind of like mom you know like gr- not grief um like anxiety about her mom cheating you know and like that that was just not a great storyline for her while painting her as the sexy character like she's naked in bed studying telling her boyfriend about this but so so like heartbroken and i don't know unable to like communicate with her mom or whatever over this like drama yeah and then they stuck her with like the the girlfriend who's you know dude might be evil and then he's in the hospital and you know yeah like she they didn't give her a lot of good wins there mm-hmm. um but I, I think when she was active and like looking to set up and like get the drop on mason that was probably her most uh, i don't know if it'd be fair to say that was her most agency on the show but it was like i don't know she wasn't reactive mm-hmm. at that point there was an aspect of her that was doing stuff that like Spencer would have done five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I like that, you know, when she's like correcting people's pronunciation, cause she, she feels like she's the smartest in the room and she just can't help not having something be corrected. I, I, I like that. I, I liked the actor. I just, yeah, the character was all over the place. Uh, Dylan is hard to, to say something nice about. I, I mean, I like the moment where he went. That was also probably my favorite Andrew moment where they went and like confronted like, what's that dude's name? Like Luke or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I like some of his scenes of Ava. Those two had real good chemistry. Uh, yeah, like kind of like they're going around investigating. Just, yeah. Comforting each other when they're like in a hospital waiting room. It's like, okay, this might be. This, I mean, there, he might actually be a good friend when he's not being totally self-centered, or just stuck in that bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his dorm apartment. Um, who are we missing? Um, Taylor. Uh, I have nothing but good things to say about Taylor. She created a beacon card when she's fourteen. Apparently, yeah, yeah. She well, and like you said, she killed a guy. And then got a much deserved spa day afterwards. I think that weird, I like the fuck out of that, that weird, like extra scene they did, mm-hmm. which was not part of the show. That might be my favorite Taylor moment, <laughs> where want, she's just like at the spa. I want that to not go unnoticed in the mm-hmm. exit interviews. Like, I want to know what were you thinking there? <laughs> like when you hype, ooh, we're filming a little something extra, and we're strongly letting you think it's an Emerson scene, but really it's this fucking spa day thing. Which was for some... Was it for a movie? Maybe. Like tie-in some way to a movie. Whereas back when PLL did those tie-ins, other than like Jake and Arya going to go see Insidious 2, it was like... Wasn't there like a whole commercial where like Mona was recruiting the Guardians of the Galaxy or something ridiculous? There was something weird like yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to... Are there... I mean, I, I don't think we need to cover Mona and Allie. No. Um, what other characters... I feel like we've done... Booker, hundreds of hours covering Mona Booker's just a big thumbs down. Um, I uh, like uh, um, the actress from uh, Nolan's mom, whose name I've forgotten. Uh, Claire. Claire. Kelly Richard, Rutherford. Rutherford, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I feel like we never got the the wrinkle with Claire. No. Well, and, and it's like, oh, it's Mason. She, Yeah, she was, she was always just kind of at a distance 
evil and and like kind of cold mm-hmm. you know like i think there were there were a couple scenes where we were supposed to get that she was being vulnerable but i didn't get that from the performance when she breaks down Allison's apartment and drinks her yeah. scotch yeah i mean um, i like that scene but i i did not get oh we're seeing the softer side of true of claire here it felt like just like another game well and then even mason who i think might have been one of our most abhorred characters in the show mm-hmm. it was like which mason there's four. And he's probably better being shitty than he was. Like he was, I, I think he did a good job of portraying somebody who is like a crappy person, but is trying to emulate somebody else and like, not really mm-hmm. like you can't pull off the asshole vibe that, that Nolan does. Yeah. And so you just seem like a fucking weasel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, just remember that funeral, that sad sack of shit, Nolan. It's like, what are we getting here? Yeah, it's like, well, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Uh, next question. If you could plant, it's a series, it's a question to be applied to a series of, of uh, variables. If you could plan their career, choose the next role or whatever, what's next for, and the first one is Keegan Allen. What's next for Keegan Allen? Um, Let me tell you what it doesn't involve. Hmm. James Franco. Yeah, yeah, Keegan. You gotta cut that cord, man. That's the wrong wagon to hitch to. Um, did he invite you to the roast? No, he did not. Hmm. I think Keegan was weirdly good in the '40s or or whatever you know, shadow play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think period for him. I think I think if I were Keegan Allen, I would be talking to my agent or manager for whatever, and I'd be like, I need to learn how to like ride a horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I need to get in some period pieces. Like The Witch 2? Are they making a Witch 2? Yeah. Okay. Would thou like to live mm-hmm. deliciously? <laughs> yeah, I think he's, his vibe works better not modern day, I think. Interesting. Okay. I think he has that kind of like weird throwback. Because of his face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next one, Ian Harding. Hmm. Wasn't he like going to be in a sitcom or I don't know, maybe a pilot that. or something? We heard that from from a trusted source. I'm assuming they didn't get picked up. I, I think I, I think that was like in Variety, so it's not like okay. a secret or anything. But yeah, I know he was Secrets. he was cast in pilot. I guess didn't get picked. I up. I think he's doing something on a Tori Devito show. I, I don't know. I think it was just like a guest spot. Okay. Um, hmm. Like if I'm, I'm I'm giving career advice or what I'd like to see Ian Harding do. I guess it's like, what did he do the best on PLL? I mean, I feel like he can, he could like dine out on like guest spots as teachers on lots of shows, you know, I like uh, jobs where it's an established patriarchal authority figure, like lawyer, Ian Harding, Dr. Ian Harding. I could see, I think what he needs to be is he needs to be on the team of some CBS cop procedural. Hmm. Like eh, that's like bare minimum, ba- ba- whatever, bare minimum. He's working. He's writing, he's writing essays about birds. He's remember, being like, he's being like, we got the results back in the lab. It's definitely this. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember Knox on Angel? Knox. Oh, the, uh, the guy from Office Space. Is he in Office Space? The weird millionaire guy? No. Who's Knox? He was like the evil-ish like scientist guy. Oh, 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 the guy who was on every Joss Whedon show yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, Do you I, think that's an Ian Harding thing? Maybe. Interesting. 
I mean, there's probably some genre shows. I don't know. There's so much TV that like, I, I just, it's, I feel like I had a handle on it five or six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I didn't watch it, I was aware of the shows. There's so much now that it's like, I don't know anything anymore. I mean, I just, I don't see Ian Harding popping up on like Winona Earp. I don't see. What about like Stranger Things, Ian Harding? What's the hairstyle? Um, Can he have a flock of seagulls? Well, I mean, who's he playing? I guess is the question. You know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. He's uh, they get rid of Finn Wolfhard in the next season, and it's Ian Harding playing the Finn Wolfhard character. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Mike. Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, don't at me. <laughs> right. I mean, why doesn't he have like a Netflix show with like twelve episodes that like you're gonna hear about for one weekend? Mm-hmm. Um, Black Mirror. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's something in Black Mirror. They like know? remake the one where the guy has to fuck a pig, but it's <laughs> it's Ian Harding. <laughs> Ian Harding's the new. He's he's Jeremy Corbyn. You know. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, I went, we need Ian Harding to do an accent now. Um. <laughs> I'm very British. Uh, Mate. <laughs> Next one is Haley Aaron. Oh, I feel like she, she should be doing big things. Oh, I agree. Um, uh, I absolutely see. I've not seen her, any of her soap opera work, but seeing her on Perfectionist, I can absolutely see where like she cut her teeth there. I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Um I think she's incredibly dynamic, and um, aside from the bangs, I think she could do a lot of really cool things. Um, like, this, this is kind of shocking. This is kind of crazy. This is kind of like I wouldn't. I, I don't want to keep suggesting this because we've done it before. Mm-hmm. But Dazzler, I can see a Dazzler. I can see her doing a Dazzler. I mean, she'll have to fight Taylor Swift for it. But yeah, I don't think I don't think T Swift's doing that anymore. Wouldn't she be so good as Dazzler? Though? She would have been like a couple years ago. Are you saying she's too old? I think it's it's not where she's looking to go anymore. I'll put mm, it that way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you think she's too old. When I, when Taylor and I talk about, you know, what was on her horizon, what she envisions personally, mm-hmm. that's not her unbreakable heaven. Um, whereas Haley Aaron, holy shit. I mean, Haley Aaron, I could also see her like playing the bad cop in a show. Where she gets in the interrogation room and she's like, listen, motherfucker, I know you did it. Did you ever watch that last season of 24? No. Like Yvonne Straf- The one of Yvonne Strahovski? Strahovski? Yeah. yeah. She was like weirdly really good. I mean, not, not weirdly, I guess, but like unexpectedly really good as She's like incredible basically actor. female Jack Bauer. Yeah. Like she really went for it. No, wait a minute. Is she the one who gets shot? Are you talking about the, the England one? Yeah. She we does not get together. shot. We, that's, we watched that yeah. together. Where they handcuff Cat Stark and throw her out a window. Yeah, yeah, she was fantastic in that season. But she was like, she but wasn't was there nuts in the last regular season. Wasn't there a female Jack Bauer that he has like sex with, and then she dies right after? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm um, sorry, the mm-hmm. second second Jack Bauer. But I mean, she was even more like female Jack Bauer. Yeah. Like she was she, crazy. She like just she was torturing lost dudes. A lover and, yeah, right before. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I don't know. Could could Haley Aaron step into a role like that? I don't think. I don't think it would be a limitation for her. I I think Haley Aaron, they have different affects, so I don't want to compare them other than being blonde. I would like Haley Aaron to get the accolades that Sydney Sweeney does. I'd okay. like her to get the exposure of roles, but obviously they would do different roles. 
I think she's she seems very versatile. Like Haley Aaron, I don't even know if they're planning to make a season two of The Watchmen, and who knows what The Watchmen is going to be like. But it, let's say they did make a season two of The okay, Watchmen. Okay, Haley Aaron as some sort of costume vigilante, or Haley Aaron goes to Westworld, but like not. In I one almost of the, feel like not one of the robot sex workers. Like uh, is it Dakota Fanning? Or no, not. I mix those two up. Um, what's her face? Yeah, what's her something face? Something James. Something James. Wow. I, I'm i sorry. I'm totally drawing a blank right now. She's blonde. You know what I'm talking about. You're talking about uh, uh, Dolores? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Um, you know, she worked. <laughs> we totally cannot think of her name. She worked years ago on a show that mm-hmm. Joseph Doherty worked on. So, Did she? Yeah, Evan tiny. Rachel Wood. I, I don't know where I got James from there. The, the Queen um, of Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Would would Haley Aaron be stepping too much on her turf to be on Westworld? I don't think so. I mean, would she be a, a robot? She could be. She could be a human. She could be a human that we find out is a robot. Could Haley Aaron be in this like first? What do they call in the Game of Thrones spinoff? The first, the Long Winter or Long Night or something like that. They're maybe calling it the Long Night. Yeah. Yeah, the Long Winters is a band. Even though, mm-hmm. yeah, she's going to be in the Long Winters next tour. <laughs> then she's going she's gonna to play with the Mountain Goats. I mean, she could be like, I don't know, Naomi Watts, like, sister or daughter or something, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I want big things from her. Yeah, agreed. Uh, let's go in the other direction. Shay Mitchell. Mm. I mean, I think her turn as Peach Salinger was a big win. She's got a show on Hulu. She's Does she? She's been filming a show on Hulu. What's it called? Not Eris's, right? It's not no, that one. No, no, that one. That one died on the vine. Uh, Fancy baby. I don't know. It's something. I think baby's in the title. Mm. Um, she also is having a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry, she'll tell you about it. She has like a YouTube reality show. Also, every time you turn around, she's also going to sell you a bag, or she has like a clothing line, or I, you know what? All power to her. It's not what I want from my actors, but obviously it's working for her and she's throwing herself at it. I just personally would like to know less. I mean, I think roles in the vein of a Peach Salinger, I think, are her wheelhouse. I mean, I was always surprised, very pleasantly surprised on PLO when they let Emily do comedy because mm-hmm. I thought she was super effective and had great timing. Um, and And I always like it when quite frankly, beautiful women do comedy because it really bursts that stupid mold that we have. Mm-hmm. With well, I think schlubby male comedians. I think I would, I would suggest like, okay, take, take your, your theoretical public persona, your like reality TV persona that you have mm-hmm. your brand. And then like tweak it just a little too far mm-hmm. and then like play that. Ooh. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next one, Troy and Belisario. Hmm. Well, she's doing a lot of directing. Um, and this is this is the thing about Troy. It's like, sh- is there anything she can't do? Like, really? if she went on tour of the Long Winners, I'd believe it. I'd be like, wow, they're opening for her? Um, I would like to see her directing her own indie features. I, I keep thinking of, like, she took those, like, classes or whatever they were, like, like, like stunt fighting and, like, like sword fighting, mm-hmm. like, stunt work. And, like, I want to see that, like... 
I don't know. Is there like a pirate movie she can be in or something on AMC? I'm sure, you know, a star Wars movie. I'm just going to throw that out there. Sony wants to put a lightsaber in hand. Not going to complain. Ryan Johnson. Are you listening? Mm-hmm. Um, man, can you imagine her in like a Knights of the old Republic type situation or I guess? Yeah. But I mean, I could see her playing like a, like a, like a pirate. Swinging from ship to ship, cutting people's heads off. Cutthroat Island too. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, like you said, with her directing, I mean, I, I, I just want more and more on that side of it. But I would love to see her be in a genre. Like, I feel like she could take a genre role and bring such like an interesting depth and kind of I don't know vitality to it. Like that you'd get so much more out of the character than you probably ever imagined. You know, I want, I just, what I want for her, what I personally envision for her and I don't know her well enough to even make this call is every couple of years, she has a new movie coming out. Like mm-hmm. I want her to be our, our, our new Ari Aster. You know what I mean? Whatever. Like, it's just like, Oh yeah, it's the new movie by, by Troy and Belisario, you know, and it's always different. I bet. I, I, I think she'd be fascinating. Um, if she does more work with Patrick J. Adams, great. Um, but I think he's an interesting actor. I didn't know what to think of him when I first encountered him, but I think he's an interesting actor when he steps away from more conventional fare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, None of these, I, I've been, like, we, I don't think we've really said a Marvel role for anyone here. Well, because so I want to get away from that personally. Yeah. Well, and it's, I don't know. Other than Dazzler. It feels somewhat limiting, I guess. Yeah. You know? I mean, all of these actors could go work on some Disney Plus Marvel TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the correct answer there would be for them to all to be in WandaVision. Yeah. I mean, of of all the PLL characters, if one was going to headline a major Marvel movie, Lucy Hale feels the most right for that. I feel like she brings the right package there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I assume that Ashley Benson's next on our list here. Nope. Nope. That was it? Okay. No, there's one more. Oh. But I mean, like, Seeing Troy and even do like a like a like a sorry for your loss type show or something, just something where she's she's a great actor. She's an incredible behind the scenes presence, and I think you feel that in that that one episode of PLO. Like you could tell, like this is definitely a very singular, unique vision. Whereas I don't know that I necessarily felt that in the one she did for Famous in Love. I mean, um, a lot of it's just. And I know that a, from a what director read, for hire on a, a freeform show, you're not going to get the same opportunity to showcase that you would and on, obviously say, they like, let her play like an hbo show or they let her play yeah. in the pll episode yeah. a little bit um my understanding is that good trouble has a very unique visual style so maybe that's something more for her uh the last one in this cycle is i marlene king hmm. well she's at fox now yeah. right yeah new production company um i mean i i'm going to assume the next thing she does is not going to be pll related it's probably going to be related to an existing property i'm guessing maybe not but there's been a couple of scripts where she's been attached to mm-hmm. like eventually right like the merciless it seems like Vega. these days it's pretty rare that you get to make a new show that's not based on something now know? and then again yeah um i don't know it's tough because i i'm sure there's like lots of properties out there that she could be doing I, I my my advice would be like do something where you don't have to worry about the ships you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well but to the the change 
towards the beginning of PLL, whenever I would go back and watch like older interviews and stuff, and people would ask her normal TV showrunner questions. What's your favorite character? And she would talk about Hannah mm-hmm. and how she personally came from a home of divorce. And how like that, she a lot of that really went to Hannah and she could kind of visualize her pain and her trying to build herself and stuff like that. And then sometimes it, it then it started to like deviate into like, hey everyone, guess what's happening on Twitter tonight? Oh, I think Spogies a lot of that's just like celebrating their one year anniversary. It's like, how do we keep this going at yeah. a certain point? You know? Yeah. But I mean, I think she's got very interesting sensibilities when she plays with them and could craft interesting characters. Um Next question, getting out of that format uh, from Corey is, I expect this is an easy one, but what was a better what was better in your mind? The Perfectionist by Sarah Shepard or Pretty Little Liars, The Perfectionist, the show that aired on Freeform? I mean, definitely the books. Okay. And especially The Good Girls, I feel like, was like really like a big step up even from The Perfectionist. Like, I feel like she really hit a groove in the second book there. Um, if you guys could go back in, to the beginning of this podcast, knowing everything that would happen out of it, what would you do differently? Oh gosh, um, I don't know. I it's, it's weird to think back that like we used to do two or three of those a week at some points. We one week. I don't we know did how four. we did it. Yeah, for a while we were doing three. I, it's one of those things where it's like we did it, and I look back and I'm like, how the fuck did we do that? Like, like how how did we manage? I, like every season, it took longer and longer to do the notes, and I don't know if that's just a personal failing on our part or or what was going on or if there was just we were trying to keep track of too much as the show got deeper and deeper I, remember, I think it it started in 3b oh there's just like the full transcripts yeah yeah there had to have been an episode where we were like you know what let's just do the whole thing here and then we just kept and that was never it. the initial intention you know no. we didn't mean to do that and then people liked it and so and then it was just like okay i guess we'll just keep doing it you know but yeah, I re- that was like, the three or four a week. I remember starting to date someone at one point and being like, I'm available at this time and this time and this time, but James and I have to do this thing for a couple hours it's one night. James. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. You haven't met him yet. Okay. He's, you, you don't want to know him. Is that that guy in the other room? The less we say about that guy. The mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, but yeah, that guy and I, it was just like... I mean, I do think as much fun as we had just going but but it was fun, deeper though. than anyone probably ever should on a show I, my only concern about that format you there are the people who are just like i don't want to listen to like I, I watch a show i don't need to hear it again and then I, I do think you can get so into the micro details that you you miss some of the the larger movements because mm-hmm. of that you know i think we tried to balance both it tried but you know yeah i mean we're not perfect um yeah and that's the thing too because i know you know several people have reached out to us at times and said that they started podcasts because they saw how we did it and they thought, God, somebody's got to be able to do that better than these guys and they're <laughs> all right. Um, but the the key is, you know, treat your listeners with respect, but like have fun. If you're not having fun, don't. Yeah, I think we learned that with the young Pope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, have fun. Um, I'm going to jump back into questions from Andrew. Uh, here's a long one. Rehashing a question from your last Farewell podcast, you've previously discussed how the connection you formed with people who make the show have been huge and unexpected, but I was wondering what else you both have gained and learned from doing this podcast, and what do you think you're going, you've gotten out of doing a pretty large podcast that you wouldn't have gotten out of doing a podcast about something like Lost, Game of Thrones, or even the OC? Hmm. 
Okay, what's the first part of that question? Uh, what else besides like access to people who make mm-hmm. the show do you feel like you've gained or learned from doing this podcast? I mean, I do think it's one of those things where if you study something enough, it don't, maybe doesn't even matter what it is that you're doing. But if you go that deep on anything, you're going to learn a lot about the craft mm-hmm. from it, you know? And mm-hmm. so I, I do think it was kind of a way of learning about TV writing and TV production just from going so deep on one show. You know, I, I do think that's, that's something we gain is just kind of a greater understanding of how TV writing works, how production works and kind of, you know, what works and what doesn't work just as far as storytelling and kind of, you know, serial narratives go. And then having some of those things either confirmed or denied by our heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, can I tell my, I probably told it before, my stupid, uh, probably bullshit Tom Wolf story. Sure. When Tom Wolf was in the Navy, supposedly, he spent his money on shore leave buying a typewriter, some paper, and a copy of Ulysses. And he spent every free moment retyping Ulysses. And when he's done, he threw everything over the side and said, okay, now I know how to write a novel. I mean, I'm not saying you should. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 white guy writer wankery, and it's probably a bullshit story. But I don't think you need to necessarily go and do a podcast to get TV. But I guess it's a way of saying that, like, if say you if you were like trapped in a room and all you had was a copy of like The Perfectionist and The Good Girls, mm-hmm. and that's all you had to read, and you were in there for like years, you would. And you would come out of that room like knowing everything there possibly is to know about like mystery writing just from that, you know? Yeah. Or your, just, ver- your version of yeah, it. Your, yeah. Just because you've gone that deep and you've, you've looked so closely at it. So what do you feel like you've gotten out of doing a PLL podcast specifically as opposed to Lost, Game of Thrones, or even the OC? Um, I think it would be somewhat fair to say that those other shows are kind of more directly in my like personal wheelhouse PLL was always kind of like I'm watching this because I'm bored and it, this is something I would not normally watch. And so I'm, I'm just curious about it. Like this is a show that's not made for me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I definitely, I feel like I gained a, a lot of new perspective and kind of, uh, you know, just a, a knowledge of a genre that is not something I normally engage with, or at least at the time I didn't, you know, whereas like loss is like, that's like, so in my wheelhouse, you know? Yeah. But I would say though, PLO does have a certain DNA at its core that obviously ties into things. It does. And I mean, I think as, as from, we went from deeper mystery, on it, we discovered that like, Oh, this actually is, this does tickle a lot of the things yeah. I'm interested in. But on the surface, it was like, this is like a teen show that's totally not targeted at me at all, like in completely different demographic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was, it was interesting to watch a show where you kind of had to accept that like, okay, this, you may not get this or that because it's not for you, you know, but kind of try to learn to appreciate it anyway, just, you know, for what it is. I think people were surprised to find out that bros watch PLL too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, like it it tied into mysteries that I enjoy and tied to the Hitchcock movies I love. It tied into the fact that I was raised by soap operas for me personally. Uh, next question from Andrew. Are there any TV, film, et cetera, projects that you're currently excited about? Hmm. Well, I mean, if if we could go see The Lighthouse right now, we'd be doing that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'd be recording later. Um, Watchmen, 
could be really interesting. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way, but I, I like the movie, the Watchmen retroactively made me like, like the comic book less. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do like Damon Lindelof. I, the leftovers was a kind of singular experience that I enjoyed. Mm. Um, So I'm cautiously optimistic for the Watchmen TV show. Sounds good. Uh, Nancy Drew. Sticking with it. I might watch the next episode. I don't know. I mean, I uh, Mr. Robot. It's the final season. Which you haven't watched. It's uh, no, I have. I have finally you? watched it. Yeah. What did you think of the second episode? So you thought I was going to hate it? I did. Why? I thought you would hate the reveal of a uh, third. No, no. I mean, that that seems like they're all headed there. So okay. Um, you know, I, I'm going to enjoy the final season of Mr. Robot. I think it's a great clip of like young B.D. Wong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and just B.D. Wong in general. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. I don't know what else movie. I mean, Knives Out. I can't wait to see that. That's probably like that and episode nine are my two most anticipated movies. I spent 20 minutes when I should have been working on something serious the other day, just doing the uh, get your cut clues. No, oh, is there like a game or something? Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. Do? You can like okay. win like half or I'm like, a million. I'm trying to avoid everything about that movie. There's nothing that's spoilery. Yeah, no, about I just, that I, I don't even want like, because unfortunately Ryan Johnson has amassed a uh, kind of like a cadre of haters. Like it, it seems like there'd be assholes out there looking to spoil his movie. So I'm just trying to like right. ignore anything about it entirely until it comes out. It's definitely in the interim to scratch that edge. I really want to go back and rewatch brick. Hmm. It's been a while since I've seen that. Obviously much different mystery thing that he's homaging there, but mm-hmm. um. I don't know. What about you? Any uh, movies or TV shows coming out that you're into? I'm sure there is, and I can't remember. But a lot of the ones you mentioned. Um, I consume so much TV that unfortunately, sometimes when it's not, I right consume like me, almost no TV these days. So yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last question from Corey that I thought I would leave to the very end, which is any last bits of wisdom to leave with your fans? Wisdom to leave with our fans. Um, Hmm. Do you have any wisdom, any, any pearls of knowledge you want to drop? Don't let anyone tell you that the past is the future, even yourself. Okay. Well, wow, that was deep. Wisdom. I um I don't know. Does it need to be related to PLL or just wisdom in general? Sure. Um God, I don't know. Would you would you never trust a pretty girl from an ugly secret? Uh don't trust any man with more hair on his face than on his head. That's my wisdom. Okay. Um that's it for PLL questions. Is it birthday present time? I guess it is. Do you need another drink? I guess so, yeah. Okay. So you have your phone? I do. Obviously, this isn't your real birthday present, your real birthday presents. We're gonna go see Cursed Child. But I want you to watch this video on your phone with the volume on as close to the microphone as you can. All right. James, James Taylor. This is Dre Davis. I want to say happy birthday uh, along with your good friend, Marco Sparks. James, James Taylor. Yeah, here's Bill Keeper. Marco Sparks and I want to say hey, happy birthday. I wrote that song for you. Uh, it took me three days. Three days. I thought a lot about it. I hope you love it. Um, I love you. Happy birthday. And don't drink because it's poison. Bye. Well, that's just lovely. Thank you, Dre. 
Thank you, Marco. She really was like, how can we collab? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the final episode of <laughs> oh, Special Guest. Mm-hmm. Finally got her on the podcast, you guys. Thank you. Okay. Um, so, a little girl named Trouble? Yeah, I guess uh, we're going to do some Q&A on My Name is Trouble, book Literally. one of the Trouble Girl Detective series. If you have not read Trouble, I think we might have a question or two. We have a single question that I think is not spoilery. Okay. Real quick, let me look at Twitter and just make sure there aren't any questions I missed. I think we kind of cover. Oh, you know, there's one question I guess that we didn't really answer or take a stab at it. Like who was the professor yeah. or who killed Nolan? Hotchkiss. Oh yeah. Uh, do you, I guess, do we think that the answer to those questions are people that are in season one? You know, past experiences has got to tell you that not necessarily. And they should be. They should be for yeah. sure. Um, I mean, it, what's one of those things too? Like, you know, if you could get like a candid, no bullshit, here's all the things we were thinking, like convert, like dinner conversation, Marlene. I would love to know what was the original season three thing. Before, so I, be- I believe the professor before Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I believe the professor said in the finale that they were the ones who killed Nolan, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, can't say I have have returned to it. You know, just like for fun. Um, I mean, Ava, I think, was a really good one for who killed Nolan. Would she be the professor too? Seems less. She is a hacker. She is a hacker. I mean, Ava, of the characters we have, I think she'd be the most interesting and fun answer of who the professor is and and who killed Nolan. I guess it's the same thing. Well, I mean, but you have a whole... That was from uh, Michelle, by the way. You have like a whole like season two episode one i already know the professor's a liar because dun 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 i'm the one who killed nolan yeah and the others are like okay cool but didn't actually like him oh also rosemary coffee had a question uh, about the ezra baby because it's halloween and that's the scariest thing she can think of uh like a feel spinoff i guess with the ezra baby we got some horrendous name, right? We may have, yeah. And the text messages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that I do not remember. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like... I'm going to go ahead and call this not canon. Yeah, it wasn't like Renesmee or I, It might have been, yeah. <laughs> or was it like Dianella or something? <laughs> Dianella, yeah. <laughs> Dianella Fitzgummery. <laughs> Uh, all right anyway trouble time trouble time so andrew asks if you were to create a perfectionist-esque spinoff for trouble which characters would you center it on and what would they be doing eh, that's kind of spoilery you have to read the book to know the characters are I'll ask the question one more time if you were to create a perfectionist-esque spinoff for trouble mm-hmm. which characters would it center would you center it on and what would they be doing and you can't choose jenny I, I don't that's the way trouble's been designed so far we kind of have plans for everyone 
So I don't know if I could really answer that in any way that would be not a spoiler or just, I don't know. The bitchy beer guide. Yeah. Um, so definitely after this, everything is just as called a spoiler. Yeah. So if you have not read My Name is Trouble, we'd advise you to go read it and then come back. Because we're going to fuck up the ending here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Khadija asks, a while ago on Twitter, you posted a personality profile for Trouble. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us Danger's profile? Well, that was a lot there, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, there's like different, like, uh, she, uh, she's a Gryffindor. I can tell you that. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of what some of the other, like, questions were. Um, you know, like, I, I haven't done her Myers-Briggs, so I don't have that with me. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I, do you want to do her, her Enneagram real quick? <laughs> Let me see if I can actually find that tweet. She's a five, maybe? I don't know. A five? Yeah. Oh, aren't you like, yeah. I didn't totally understand that. I did it for Jenny, but I didn't really understand I'm not what a it five. meant. Um, let me, give me just a moment. I'm going to see if I can find that that tweet so I can try to figure out if I can give you some other answers for danger there. Well, do you want to chew on this second question, which we'll have to have a kind of, you know, vague answer? Sure. How is book two coming along? Uh, book two is coming along well. Uh, about 36,000 words right now. So almost half done. I'm hoping to be more than half done by the end of my vacation in, in another week or so. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's still in the, uh, you know, cookie dough stage. So it's not fully baked yet, but things are malleable. I, I like everything so far. I haven't, like I, I need to finish this draft and then take a step back and see, okay, how does it actually flow? You know, like, I'm not sure about that yet. Like how well it, it's paced or flowing. It seems like, it seems like it's going well, but I, I'm like too close to the material right now. Would you say that it's a much different process in the sense that, uh, trouble was a TV show idea, then a book, then a TV show idea, then a book, only a few people had read it or heard about it. And even they didn't fully know everything. And now, other people have dipped their toe in the world mm. of trouble. They might have ownership in ways that you like or dislike. I don't think that's really it. No, I think it's more. Do you feel pressure? Would you feel pressure? Oh, of course. I feel tremendous pressure. Excellent. Yeah. Um, oh, is this James, by the way? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Benji left James. Um, this is James Taylor here. Um, I think it's more the the first book. There was the obviously one big twist that I was hiding through the whole thing, which made writing it a real pain in the ass in some ways. Um, that is gone now. So I don't have to do little games with pronouns anymore and whatnot. Um, but it is weird because now I have two characters that I'm dealing with who are similar, but not the same person. And so it's, how do I make sure that they're, it's like they kind of both need an, an arc or, you know, like you can't just say, well, this happened to one character, therefore everything applies to the other character. You know, it's like kind of navigating the the two different stories you're, you're getting from them. The reader has met Jenny. Mm-hmm. They have not really met her sister yet. No, and she's, it's not like a 50-50 thing. It's like maybe 70-30 yeah. or like 75-25. And, and Eliza was playing Jenny mm-hmm. in places, so... That's there's, her name, by the way. There's a whole new character. Elizabeth Danger. To be met. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So it's, it's like making sure that even though danger isn't a 50, 50 split, she's still getting something in her chapters and that it's different from Jenny and that you're kind of, you know, you're developing them both at the same time while also doing the kind of mystery of the book and the, the larger overarching mystery, you know, and making it entertaining and making it entertaining. And just, I don't know, it's, it's like, okay, well, theoretically there should be some other characters kind of acting on their own accord mm-hmm. and we're not getting their POV, but you have to kind of show that that's happening in the background, you know? So it's like a lot of moving parts. Also other twists. Yeah. Yeah. You also got the other twists. Okay. So sign, uh, well, they'd be the same sign, obviously. obviously. Um, I haven't done the Myers-Briggs. Yeah. A lot of these would be the same. Uh, so they'd be, yeah, Zodiac would be monkey. Favorite food. Um, oh, that's a good question. What is Danger's favorite food? It's not chicken street tacos. Something spicy. Something spicy, you think? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, celebrity crush. It's not Karen Shipka. Um, alignment. Jenny is a chaotic neutral. Danger would probably be is is lawful neutral is that a thing yeah 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 it's a thing mm-hmm. so maybe lawful neutral for danger i think danger would ship spite love i'll put it that way okay her celebrity crush would be tyler blackburn and uh trying bell sorry <laughs> yeah some of these other ones i can't really do without taking a long personality quiz but she's a gryffindor we have time no mm-hmm uh, all right. So next question from type eight at type a types on Twitter. Does the ant know? Um, yeah, we got this question from a few different people. Um, no, I don't know. How, how much do I want to give away? Uh, you answered this somewhere. I, I think recently. I have on, online. Yeah. So she knew that there was a twin. She knew was, she knew that it, as far as the ant knows, the twin died in childbirth. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So she knows that danger was coming into the world and didn't make it as far as she's aware of. Mm-hmm. She's not aware that danger is out there right now. Hence some of the drama mm-hmm. of book two. And I think that's uh that's part of it is you in a series, you don't always write everything to a pat ending. You write to the point where you say, this is where we take a break. And here's some fun drama to explore. Hmm. Uh, all the next question, all the all the rest of the questions are from Allie, which I believe was at Allie the Con Girl. Post-it notes. Mm-hmm. Um, Allie sent us a very long, excellent email. Number one, have you read The Westing Game by Ellen Raskin? Both the premise and the tone of trouble reminded me of that book. So the answer is, of course, yes, we have. Well, did you finish it? No. Okay. So you've read the Western game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I became aware of the Western game probably several chapters into writing the book. Um, after writing the TV pilot and all that, you did get me a copy, and I read a few chapters. I couldn't get into it personally. I'm aware that the the premise is similar, mm-hmm. um, as far as just like a will and like a mystery you have to solve to win the will. But um, no, I. I Probably the. I was trying to read it, and then like I think another book I was looking forward to came out, and I read that, and I just never got back to it. 
probably uh, too caught up in a uh, oh shit. What was the name of that book? What was the name of the book from our theory? Your theory and the perfectionist, Bur- like bury me, uncle, kill me, uncle, or whatever. Let's kill uncle. Let's kill uncle. Man, what a great theory. <laughs> I went so deep on that one. So nice that you got an email from the writer of that episode to tell you no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is good. If you're not if you're not feeling it, don't don't let it dilute you. Um, I think Western Game and like books like you know like Basil E. Frankweiler and maybe books you have to find at a certain age. It's hard. To, you carry that love with you forever afterwards, but it's hard to back into adult. Uh, next question: How much prestige esque twin things can we expect to come? The first one already coveted or covered the uh, faking injury one twin got. Uh, is poor Dinah going to have to suffer through? I love you. Not today. <laughs> uh, that's definitely going to be some drama in book two is how they handle the Dinah situation. Jenny's and like secrets all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I and mean, that's we prestige, prestige is one of her favorite movies. She's still in the headcanon. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll do prestige eventually on headcanon. So I think that was always in our mind, like with the, the injury stuff and whatnot, that will continue to play a part. I mean, that that's kind of part of the reason, because I think originally we weren't really sure when we were going to reveal the twin, but I really wanted to get to it by the end of book one because I wanted to be able to play around with that and, and have the reader in on it because I think that's a lot of fun. Um, I, I, to be so bold, I would say that maybe PLL should have gotten to their twin reveal earlier. To have that kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the mechanisms were the same. I think we talked about the last time we did questions was aspects of, of that book uh, come from the ideas for the end of season one of a trouble show. Mm-hmm. Not entirely. There's that's where like stuff in book two go next, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of moving up certain parts over other things. Anyway, but yeah, uh, the procedure is definitely like, I don't know, like a manual to a certain degree. I mean, I, I had the like the this meets that for a while. It's like it's a mad, 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 mad world meets um, Clue mm. meets the prestige. And the Clue, so the Clue part of it is really, really to come. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah. Things that we've talked about, like wouldn't it be great if PLO ever did this is, is some trouble stuff. Uh, next question. Besides the Harry Potter references and clove smoking, what else differentiates Jenny from Danger? It seems like Danger is maybe more forward and brash than Jenny, but they are both pretty impulsive. I mean, in some of that you're just going to have to wait for book two to discover. But um, the thing about Danger is that when you get her in book one, she's usually kind of pretending to be trouble. And so you have to filter that part of her personality as well. You know. Um, as far as other aspects that differentiate them, um, I don't know. I, I got to say, you're going to have to wait. Uh, a lot of this will be touched on in chapter one of book two. Let's put it that way, but I don't want to give anything away. Just a lot yet. of it's in the names. Yeah. But also imagine all the things that come with having to pretend to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, next question from Ali. I'm trying to remember. There was like another thing that danger does that trouble doesn't do. Um, I was just thinking about the other day. I can't remember right now as far as what's in the book. I mean, Danger's, she's the smart one. She's the one who is good at math and tutoring Jenny and math and all that. So there's that part of it. She's the tutor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, next question from Ali. When Webb first opens the case of heirlooms and goes, who can guess what's in here? Mm-hmm. Was that a clue reference? Absolutely, yes. Next question from Ali. Did you make Declan's middle name Ezra because you knew he was going to die and it felt good to kill off a character with the name Ezra? <laughs> um, so I think I don't think this would be a, a spoil anything in the future to say this. Originally, there were not seven heirlooms. There were six heirlooms. And I thought, man, I, I, need, I need one that I can burn. And so then Declan became one of the heirloom members. And because he is one of the heirs, uh, he needs a middle name because everyone gets their middle name read. And so I thought it'd be funny if his initials spelled dead yeah. um, because I'm, I'm subtle like that. And that was just like the first E name I thought of. And I thought, oh, that's really funny, mm-hmm. uh, at least to me. So, yeah, that's why his middle name is Ezra. Who knocked over the flower pot at Drew's house? The cigarette seems to imply that it was danger eavesdropping, or do I have it wrong and it was the stranger? Uh, let's just say it could have been danger or Alicia Aaron or the stranger. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interestingly <laughs> worded, carefully worded. Um, see what I, what I enjoy about watching you navigate this. Um, and a lot of these, a lot of these questions that I've, I haven't looked at all of them, but are going to, you're going to have to say, you'll have to wait and see. That's going to mm-hmm. be your answer. Yeah. Um, is I fucking miss, especially with shows like Lost, because that's where I really paid attention, when they would go to Comic-Con and they would have some little preview and then people would ask them questions. And I love that fucking tightrope of, we can't lie to you, but we don't have to be honest with you. We have to tease you. And that, I, I ate that shit up of a fucking spoon. <laughs> so here I am with a big spoon. Um, did the stranger mean to kill Declan or was he after Jenny and Declan just got in the way? I mean, I can say that I know the answer to that question, but you probably don't need to know the answer to that yet. You will find out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, was the stranger behind one, the crane nearly knocking the light onto Jenny two, the pool cover and three, the brake cutting. See this. It is, sure seems that way. Come on, Doesn't Allie. It, Come it on, seems Allie. that way. Yeah. But who can say? Come on, Allie. <laughs> do, you, do you want us to tell you everything? Is there a secret meaning behind Alicia singing, I've been working on the railroad, or is that just a character thing? The song does mention the name Dinah. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I could be Alicia an asshole Aaron. here. <laughs> I could be an asshole here and say, yes, there's a secret meaning. Um, re- the intention there is she is suggesting that she knows about Dinah. Next question. How did Jenny and Danger swap places after Danger got out of jail before Jen? Well, come on. This is in the book. And before Jenny went to Valentine Manor to reveal the mystery, didn't Shelly say that she Wait, was standing? Danger got out of jail? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Didn't Shelly say she was standing by the window the whole time to make sure Jenny didn't sneak out? Yeah. Uh, so Danger is already in the room, yeah. basically. She's already inside waiting. Yeah. And then she left after uh, Jenny and Shelly left. Now, the rest is broken down into Allie's unanswered questions and theories do you want me to go through all these i mean here's the thing i don't feel like it's super interesting for me to keep saying aha you'll have to wait and keep reading so instead we'll just say there are many and it's uh, delightful to see that people are noticing them i mean big 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 thanks to ali for taking the time to catalog and answer questions when i saw that uh, post-it note thing i was instantly fascinated just because i i have what i believe to be the unanswered questions but 
I know that, you know, sometimes people pick up on things you didn't intend or that you totally missed or forgot about or, you know, really appreciate everyone who has gone out and read the book, you know, or left a review. It's uh, it's really cool to have it out there in the world and that people seem to enjoy it and be entertained by it. Gotten almost all positive reviews, a few negatives, uh, but, you know, that's fine, too. But uh, I don't know. If nothing else, I, I hope it uh, it entertains people for the, you know, six to eight hours they read it. Because um, I think that was just the the ultimate goal. It's like, let's I just want to write something fun, you know, something that would be uh, just a fun little yarn to read and that you'd be invested in the mystery and the character. What the fuck is the point if you're not entertained? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, was that the last question? That's the last question. That's the last comment. Uh, any last words for the last ever PLL podcast? Um, you know, we did have one question from Andrew. Uh, I wanted to know that since this is the last PLL podcast, will we finally learn Marco's real name? Mm-hmm. It's Benjamin Light. Mm. I guess the answer is no. That's what you're saving for the end? Wow, what a letdown. Well, you thought I had like something big at no, the end? Just, I thought you would have something okay. poignant to say. You didn't, These people have listened. You could be poignant have, right now. They by, have you know, revealing stuck it, with this something. bullshit we've peddled for years. They want hope from you. They want to know that this has all been meant, meant something to you. Something, something, Winnie the Pooh quote. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody. Um, this is it for real unless like five days later they're like surprise peel all the reboot I don't know I, to be honest if they did unless it's something with the original cast I don't think it's like we'll, we'll let someone else you know you carry so? the torch or not yeah yeah I don't know it's at a certain point you gotta you kind of gotta let it go and let somebody else kind of you know own their their fandom if, if like if if they say oh we're gonna do a PL like reunion movie or something, mm-hmm. I think we'd be back for that. But if it was like on HBO Max, they're gonna do a PLL the new class with all new characters. That's cool. I'll watch it. But I I, I feel like at a certain point you gotta just cut the cord, you know. Or if they want to hire us, I mean, you know, we're glad to be involved in that <laughs> in that regard. Um. Well, I mean, if that's indeed true and and this is really it for us in PLL and say something comes along and somebody else has to pick up this mantle I hope it was worthwhile shoes to fill I hope it was worthwhile <laughs> uh, but yeah thank you again for everyone who's honestly put up with this garbage um, and now we, uh, we just push that casket in a boat out into the waves and then shoot fire arrows at it. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Pill all the perfectionists. Yeah. You'll catch us. Gone before you got interesting. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> all right. Thank you again. Bye. Bye.